Ahoy, matey. I hate the RB spoilers. The forthcoming episode of the Carpe Diem Gamecast contains major spoilers for the following movies. Batman Begins, The Dark Knight, and The Dark Knight Rises. If you haven't yet watched these movies, pause now and be sure to return to us once you've seen them. Consider yourself warned. Welcome to the Carpe Diem Gamecast. I'm Dan. I'm Steve. Brian. Tyler. And I'm Mac. All right, so we were going to start every show with a little, what would we call that thing? On the horizon. Oh, yeah. I have to tell you every time. Event horizon. (laughs) Oh, I have the event horizon. That's right. Uh, So let's start with that. Steve, what do you got? Uh, Skip me and go to somebody else first. (laughs) Duly skipped. Brian? Uh, I guess I'm the guy who comes every week who watches a new TV show. (laughs) All right, what would you watch this time? Uh, I'm watching Adventure Time. Come on, everybody. Adventure Time Grab scares me. Adventure Time is awesome. I just, I, I can't do that art. I can't do that animation. That style of animation bugs me. It's so silly. It's wonderful. It's And if you like D&D and you like gaming and stuff uh, like the that. The content, I'm I, sure, is fine, but just the I used to watch the, the Grim animation. Adventures of Billy and Mandy because they messed they messed around with like an Ash ripoff and yeah. Cthulhu, and, but Adventure Time just scares me. It's, it's just too crazy. It's awesome. It's so weird and like just, it's this, it doesn't make any sense and like it's just... I like it a lot. It belongs on Adult <laughs> Swim, but I guess they just like put children rapping all over it. Yeah, I don't know. Kids they rap it with days. children. All right. <laughs> no more children rapping. Uh, Adventure Time, check. Good Tyler, show. what have you been doing? Um. Well, the new Counter-Strike came out about a week ago, and we've been playing a lot of I that. That game died like five years no, ago. No, it got resurrected, and, and it's been repackaged in yet another format, and it's a lot of fun. Um, so that's what I've been doing. Um, still playing WoW, and coming up next month, that on on the forthcoming horizon, we've got the Avengers coming out on DVD, and the game Borderlands Uh, Two coming out, which I loved the first Borderlands game. I thought it was great. It was so much fun to play with other people. That was the best co-op game. That was the one that looked like uh, if Casey Jones from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. We're in Mad Max. Yeah, that's it's what all that, like that was that cover. We got cell shaded stuff. Yeah, yeah, I've seen. Yeah, it. it's a really cool. That's cool. It's My a kids ro- played it for a while. It's a role playing game in a first person shooter. It's yeah, sweet. I, I, yeah, it looked pretty cool. So that I'm all I'm amped up in all that stuff. Cool. You seem pretty amped. I'm so amped. <laughs> Mac, <laughs> I got Mrs. Pandaria on the brain. Oh yeah. Next WoW expansion. What's that going to do for you? Is it does it change the whole scape? It a lot of there's been a lot of development recently. I I've been playing WoW again recently, uh, seeing how getting a better picture of how stuff changed in Cataclysm, so I can compare it to the next expansion, Mists of Pandaria. Uh, I've also been in the beta for that, which uh, you got into for signing up for Diablo three early or no for the year of WoW. Um, so I've been messing around in the Mists of Pandaria beta, comparing it to how things are now. It changes a lot of things. They they're streamlining their system. They're making it a lot more accessible. They're taking out a lot of the... How's the non-talent system? In all honesty, 
I liked the choice because I liked figuring out what was good and being good at the game. They're taking the choice out in order to make things less complex. Cool. Um, also, a lot of them were faux choices. If you went online and read on the internet, there were some. It was. It wasn't really a real choice. There was the good one and the bad one. Yeah. Um, but they give you a lot of that now, and they replace it with a system that kind of lets you customize just a little bit your play style, and that's neat. They added a whole lot more story, I think, even more story than in Cataclysm into the uh, the way quest chains work. And, uh, and a lot of people make uh, comparisons to Kung Fu Panda, and I've heard a lot of defenders of WoW like say that it's not Kung Fu Panda, but it, it kind of is. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also kind of okay, you know. Right. I mean, they well, they, I, there was a totally... big stigma about the pet system too. It was just Pokemon. Yeah, Pokemon. Pokemon. Well, it is, yeah. but you know, so it's I Kung mean, Fu Pokemon. Yeah, oh, Kung sounds Fu good Panda. to me. Kung, Kung Fu Panda Pokemon. pulls out a Pokeball. <laughs> well, it, it's yeah. becoming a meta game. It's like it's a game with other games inside of it. Okay, cool. Yeah, uh, the forthcoming Carpe GM Guild on WoW. Uh, we'll get that information up, to you as we. Up. It is there. So we're, we're moving forward. We are. We have right. set it up. It's well, very low level because we need people to help us a lot. All right. Well, if you're interested, I'll put the link in the show notes and uh, the um, the Car- guild name on- Carpe GM on Tychondrius Alliance server. All right. That'll work. I'll put a uh, put a link up so you guys can find it. Steve, back to you. I've been reading a lot of comics. Okay. Oh, really? Yeah. That Anything new or just what you've been doing? <laughs> I read some comics. The Sunday Funnies. Some family Circus is good this week. Been reading just a lot, a lot of this uh, rainy day fun for boys and girls. You know, it's pretty cool. Uh, Prince Valiant got yeah. eaten by like a dragon. It's, yeah. it, it's over. <laughs> it's just over. I've been reading a lot of AVX, Avengers vs. X-Men. I like it now. Okay. Didn't really like it too much at first, but now I think it's kind of cool because it's just like fights. All the okay. whole thing is just like one big, huge fight. Less drama, more... The less si- the less like picked. dumb stuff. Now they changed it a little bit to make it more interesting. I think they kind of... Retconned uh, what they were going to do. They kind of like... Not really retconned, but like baited us. Baited people a little bit, but they didn't really do it right. And... That sort of made it seem dumb in the beginning, but now I think it's it's kind of cool. Okay. It's not outstanding, but, I mean, it's good. I don't think I'd ever try to fake someone out with a not-mystery storyline. <laughs> I'd never try to go, and you thought this was going to happen, yeah. but no, that's not what... Like, that's for soap operas and mysteries. <laughs> and comic books. No. <laughs> it shouldn't be in comic book. <laughs> so, All right. <laughs> All right, we got an angry Mongolian. Let's move forward. <laughs> also, along with the Nazi comment... Recording. You are the most racist <laughs> podcaster. <laughs> All right, so uh, for me, um, I've been uh, really working on the forums. I've got them pretty. They look nice. Yeah, the, the forums are recoded and uh, got a nice theme that goes throughout the uh, the different skins on there. I am also a gigantic fan of unicorns and rainbows. What? Huh? That what? isn't the theme you went with? Oh, no, no, it was more like a total recall. Yeah, theme, it's all black you know? now. It's sleek. It looks like obsidian. Yeah, it kind of <laughs> looks like it's from the future almost. <laughs> all right. Like obsidian? the game room from the future. So get on the forums. You want to contact us, get on the forums. That's a great place to do it. We're going to be uh, we're going to be much more active on the forums uh, over the course of the next few weeks. And now that you said it on here, we have to. This, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> the, Call them out. The summer's over. I'm calling everybody out. We're all going to be on the forum uh, regularly. So if you have any questions, comments, complaints, anything like that, 
Leave it on the forum. Oh, we gotta start a complaints thread. <laughs> I mean, I very just watch well. She's gonna back down and not edit this for a month now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, that's really design and, and outreach um, with uh, for the podcast. I've been talking to the local game store, and we've you know got posters up at Slackers um, and stuff like that. So and and discussing with some other podcasters. I have an upcoming interview, uh, which is a pretty cool surprise. I will. I, I also had an interview. I will leave a little clue uh, for that. We've got um, Cthulhu. And Nazis. Cthulhu and Cthulhu. Nazis. Cthulhu. <laughs> there it is. There's the idea. Creative Commons, we've got the copyright. Let's yep. do it. And also forthcoming, Brian managed to catch Cullen Bunn uh, live on the street. We've got an interview with him. We'll be releasing, if I can fit it in here, it'll be in this episode. If not, I may release it as its own little entity. Uh, short interview. What is it? Twenty minutes. Twenty minutes. Yeah. And for those of you who don't know Colin Bunn, go, Brian, give us a rundown. Who is he? He has written all kinds of comic books. Uh, he he's probably most famous for an independent book he's done called The Sixth Gun. Okay. Uh, but right now he's really breaking out into Marvel. He's written uh, Spider-Man season one, Captain America, and Hawkeye. Uh, but right now he just broke out with, he wrote this miniseries called Deadpool Kills the Marvel Universe, and that's very <laughs> Sounds popular. Sounds amazing. And he just started writing the very popular book that I like a lot, Venom. It's taken over for Rick Remeter, and he's starting all over, and so I'm very, very excited for him. He's a very, very nice dude, so. All right, well, I'm looking forward to getting that, uh, getting that thing up. Um, so that was at Heroic Adventures. You caught him. He was there for a yeah, signing. Yeah, we did a, a signing for their grand reopening. There was a bunch of comics on sale, and he did signings of books and did an interview with me. All right. Well, speaking of Heroic Adventures, um, remember last episode, we we put out our first ever listener contest uh, sponsored by Heroic Adventures. We're giving away Ninja, Legend of the Scorpion Clan. It's an AEG board game. Um all you have to do is send us in an email about your gamer etiquette story, superstition, ho- house rule protocol, or gamer superstition. Any one of those three things, and uh, you send us an email about that. We'll mm-hmm. judge, and whoever whoever uh, has the best story, we'll send them a game in the mail. Send you ninja. Send you a ninja. We'll send you a ninja yep. in the mail. So watch out. Yeah, be careful. <laughs> <laughs> Shurikens. Yeah. You like open up the package and it's just like. <laughs> I mean, if you got a mailbox, you got to like open, you yeah. got to stand yeah. outside and like flip the door open and see something pops out. Oh my God. That Hopefully, was... in the time it takes it to turn around and get whoever, to you, you can move. That whoever, was amazing. Whoever sends us the best story gets the board game. Whoever sends us the crappiest one gets, gets a, a ninja. ninja. <laughs> <laughs> one of us dressed as a ninja. We just attack you on your front lawn. Oh, dude, you're. Ridiculous! <laughs> I'm crying That's over not here. A bad thing, dude. So... No, it's not. But it's like, Steve, you were good for at least one of those an episode, man. <laughs> All right. So uh, today we're discussing the Dark Knight Rises, the the third in the trilogy of the Christopher Nolan Batman movies. Yes. This is the one where Bane is the big bad guy. Right? Yes. Okay. He's the guy on the posters. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> you There's... know, you're allowed to do the rest of the podcast like that. So his voice was a pretty big uh pretty big point of conversation for a long time. 
that's pretty much everything I hear is someone spoofing Bane's voice. It's oh, so awesome. It's pretty much as big as when Batman pulled out his uh, grumbly, growly cookie monster voice <laughs> in the second movie. <laughs> Well, you, know, you got a guy who's arbitrarily in a mask because of like they they try to justify it in the movie, but they don't do it very well. But it's definitely because he's in a mask in comic books, you know. Right. Yeah. But it's an opportunity to do a, a Darth Vader voice. You know, it's it's a it's a chance he's, to do him. As, he's really Darth Vader-y. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a chance to do him as sinister and intimidating as possible because his voice could be anything. Right. And I'm because sure it's one of the few pieces of the puzzle that are left out in the comics. Yeah, because you, what people sound like. It's just sure. a part of the medium that is missing. That's yeah. not entirely true because yeah. you can like make words and speech bubbles seem like oh he has a deeper voice or oh he has like a oh, flighty yeah. voice. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. can understand that, but the actual hearing of the voice yeah. is something that you cannot get from yeah. a comic book. Most of the times, once you have a visual medium for. Some uh, a comic book character though you get a voice in your head to where you're like oh and once you read it from now on that voice sticks with you yeah and well, Bane, Bane from me before Dark Knight Rises was the animated series where he was like El Luchador like, yeah he yeah. was a luchador yeah, yeah. yeah. obviously like, I, I mean Batman. I can under- I can understand they didn't <laughs> so, but, they weren't going to use that mask yeah uh, it would just the, look real goofy they've got the weird I don't know looks like a it's like black and white. It looks like kind of like a weird Rorschach mask. He's, he's like, yeah, he's like Macho Man, like yeah. <laughs> Randy Savage. You don't need. There's no place in this trilogy, really. Well, you I know what think. else has no place in this trilogy? Venom. Yeah, like he, they didn't use yeah. that at all. Yeah. So yeah. and they they did that really well. They cut it out. But then you got to find an excuse to make the mask, you know? Right. Which, which was just did. like the morphine aesthetics, yeah. I guess, to keep morphine. his pain at check I don't the think entire it's time. Even morphine. It's so. It's like. Like ambiguous anesthetics. It's, it's ambiguously helping him, yeah, avoid pain. Like, yeah, pain okay, gas. it would be extremely painful or, for you. You. What right. happens if we do this podcast without Dan? Ooh, nobody's gonna pick it. It would be very painful <laughs> for you. For you. Just, just no. it up. Come on. I got nothing. Strike out. All right, your jokes are so extremely painful. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it going. Keep it going. The rest of the podcast. Do they make you feel powerful? <laughs> they should. You feel oh, you feel in charge. Okay, hold on, hold on. Stop again. Okay, was that what I just heard? Because it's kind of like when you're driving down the street and you see two signs overlap <laughs> and they say something really funny. I heard was your joke was extremely painful. <laughs> was that designed? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was. It, yeah. Hilarious. Oh. All right. So this one starts, what is it, eight years after after the Joker debacle? Basically, the plot of this movie is Batman's a bum for eight years, sitting around doing nothing but Doritos and watching TV, and then he's just sad and he cries. And and, he's peeing in mason jars, right? And he has like long needles and weird scars. Now, here's the interesting thing about this. (laughs) Here's the interesting thing about this. At the end of the movie, at the end of The Dark Knight, once uh, the Joker. Is gone. Put to jail. Whatever, whatever happens, happens to him. Yeah. Uh, However they write it off. Yeah, they're like, uh, yeah, uh-oh. He's gone. Once the Joker's gone, uh, the whole epilogue yes. was about the bat taking the blame for this and becoming wanted. And, he's, Harvey, Harvey, Harvey. and he can do it because he is not necessarily the knight the city wants, but he's the one the city needs. Deserves. Deserves. It's Sorry. not the one that they need. They need Harvey Dent, Ah, but he's the one they deserve. Now, the interesting thing here is Batman shuts down after that. 
He shuts down. He's in hiding. He's not seen on the streets for eight years. He grows a wow neck beard. And, right? <laughs> and that's because of the circumstances of uh, his, his significant other, his uh, love interest, death. Right, oh. You know. Well, I don't think it's just that. So, the way Dark Knight ended um, was that. So Harvey Dent was this big example for taking down all the mob bosses. Then the Joker comes up and tries to prove that you can't save the world. You can't you can't save Gotham. And the Joker loses in the case of the two boats in the Dark Knight, but wins in the case that he corrupts Harvey Dent. Right. But Batman manages to hide that he, Batman takes the the blame for everything Two Face did, and manages to leave Harvey Dent as this example that can that you can save Gotham. So they say they mention at the beginning of the Dark Knight Rises that after the Joker and the Batman uh, finish their you know basically argument, right? They pass the Dent Act, which yeah. lets them hold people without well, warrants or convictions, and actually does clean up the city. So it's not just it's not just that Batman retires because Rachel dies; he also retires because the crime it's over, right? Like he's won. Okay, but we see that that's not but he can't true. His character cannot overcome that grief. And that's why he doesn't go on to be Bruce Wayne. Not only did the Batman disappear, but Bruce Wayne did as well. Oh, good point. Yeah. So, and so did Wayne Corp kind of like turn to crap. Like, well, yeah. I mean, their they're CEO no money. became a recluse who was bedridden and well, no, was hiding out in the wing of his... The company became crap because he poured all the money into that energy thing and then didn't Yeah, yeah that's true. It. I guess, yeah, they, really, they, yeah. they do that later. But... You know, the the situation, what I'm getting to here is that what you have is a very three-dimensional character in this iteration of Batman here that we're seeing on the screen, as opposed to something like the old uh, Tim, uh, Tim, Burton? Tim Burton versions of Batman and the Joel Schumacher, Joel Schumacher Batman. Those it's Jerry's greatest villain. <laughs> Those were all pretty much one-dimensional characters. What about Adam West? What do you? What, that's not Batman. Yes, it <laughs> is. No, it's not. Oh, it's totally Batman. Batman's not a comedy. You're wrong. And Adam West was extremely one-dimensional. He's very funny. It, it may have been funny. I think it's funnier now because it was a of comedy how show. Batman. Bad it was. It was a comedy show. Yeah. My dad used to read Batman comic books and watch the Adam West Batman, but he can tell you. And has told me several times that you didn't watch the Adam West Batman because it was Batman. You watched it because it was funny. If you were into the idea of Batman, you were reading the comic books. Right. So, Nolan's created a really three-dimensional character here. And with that complex personal storyline, he's creating speed bumps in the road. That we as viewers are seeing most of the time before Batman. And so we see them coming, and we get to see behind the scenes uh, what's happening, who's doing who's doing this act, who's the mover and shaker. Bane's blowing up planes. Right. Bane's blowing up planes, as in the first scene, you, you meet Bane, and he's blowing up planes, and it's this beautiful master plan. That, that, just real quick, that, that is probably one of my favorite scenes. It was that, a great, oh my a God. fantastically executed plan. The, like that shot of like Bane just like holding the two seats is like the thing right. falling. Oh, like that's so cool. No, yeah. Brian, they expect one of us to be talking right now. The right. podcast lives, brother. <laughs> so inside all of this, I found quite a few plot holes. Yeah, I loved the movie. It was a lot of fun for me. I thought it was so much fun. I went and saw it in the theater. 
But inside here, there were a lot of plot holes. How about you guys? I'd say we st- where we started the movie, I mean, step one, Batman doesn't quit. Yeah, that's the yeah, whole idea of Batman. Point. Yeah. In in Frank Miller's Dark Knight Returns, he's like what, like eighty years old, and he's like, I don't quit. <laughs> yeah, <it's> just, <laughs> right, right. Same thing happens in Kingdom Come. Different continuities. Yeah. The the same point. Batman doesn't quit. Yeah, he it, it's who he is. He can't stop doing that. I mean, yeah. I think I think if I had to say that Batman ever had an ending, like an end game, it was it was the Batcorp thing. Yeah, which Batman after, Incorporated. After he's gone for such a long time, lost in time or whatever, when he comes back, everybody's been fighting over who's going to be Batman. But the the lesson he learns is there must always be a Batman. So he just sets it up. So but that, it doesn't necessarily have to be him. Right. No. He yeah. just puts the infrastructure in place so remember, that there is always a Batman. It doesn't have to be Bruce Wayne. Remember, right. like we learned in Batman Begins, he's a symbol, just not yeah. him. Right. Because yeah. you can't kill an idea. Exactly. <laughs> Mr. Wayne. <laughs> Mr. Wayne. Thank you. Uh, you guys are really getting me tonight. I'm sorry. I, I, I got the giggles. I'm sorry. <laughs> some men all... eat a lot of tacos. Some men eat a lot of hot wings. We all some watch the world burn. <laughs> just want to watch the world burn. <laughs> so, what about you, Tyler? Do you have any issues with the movie? I mean, we pretty much established in the last episode that we all liked the movie and the franchise as a whole. So let's break it down a little bit and see what, what possibly was... What what sticks in your craw about the movie? Anything? Let's see. Um, what would you have done differently? Let's. Uh, wow. Not a whole lot. I really like the direction that they took, and you know the things that were brought up as huge plot holes. I mean, obviously the first one we covered, you know, I was I understand that, but like the things like how does he get back to Gotham City after he's broken <laughs> in the middle of nowhere and. As Alfred describes it, a for, more forgotten part of the world or an ancient part of the world, basically like the a hole in the ground in the middle of the desert. Right, exactly. Like I think it was shot in not India, even, but right. like, yeah, they make it out so, to be where. So how he gets back to Gotham City? That's fine with me. I watched plenty of Batman animated that series. That was a big did, hand wave. He's he did the plenty Batman. of crap like that right. in the animated series or buddy. like in the comics. I mean, comic stuff like that happens all the time in the comics. That's fine. He's like, imprisoned in the one foreign hole in the ground where everyone speaks English with British accents. Yeah. <laughs> 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 right, right. You save his life. All right, so Brian, how about you? Um, what you got? I thought it was a pretty good uh, representation of the storyland, no man's land, to the idea that Bane has taken over Gotham City and cut it off from the world, and like the villains and everybody else is just running it. But like I said last time, this is probably my least favorite of three movies, just because like, it, it, don't get me wrong, I like long movies, but there's like it is really, really long, and it is really boring at some points when he is huh. in the prison i was like nap time but i also the things that really bothered me was john blake like knowing batman's identity just because he remembered seeing him once as a kid and was like that guy's batman do they like, do they have a, a a movie planned for nope no nope no plans and in fact this week uh because he's gonna he's gonna go on in that continuity as to, batman to be batman batman later Yes. Which is fine, because right. that's like Batman Incorporated, kind of. Right. Who's going to be Batman? John, John Blake, Blake, Robin, or whatever. You don't think he'd just be Robin? No. No. You don't he'd think be... he'd create his own identity? No, no. because even the Bat signal's restored. It's not the Robin signal at the end. Like, whenever like, he goes I was really hoping that meant Batman was going to come back. <laughs> well, I'm he sorry. He will. Oh, and guess what? There's no Santa or the Easter Bunny. And, um, <laughs> Dang it. No. Dang it. But uh, I was going to say, Joseph Gordon-Levitt this week denied all, like, he's like, I'm not doing another one, and I will really? not be doing the Justice League movie. I have no ties to it whatsoever. Huh. So, Is the Justice League movie contracted? 
Oh yeah, they're trying yeah. to do yeah. It, As I remember, meeting, it was it was always kind of in the plans that Christopher Nolan would do his third, and then they'd do a Batman reboot. Yes, they are yeah. doing a Batman reboot. The and in the Justice League franchise, supposedly, Zack Snyder's Man of Steel that's coming out later is the first one. The first one in, in the, chain. the kind Ooh, of chain. Thank of God, Green Lantern's not included. I know what a bad movie. Anyway, but yeah, uh, back to Batman. Uh, the other kind of thing that I just did not like was, hey. That autopilot doesn't work. <laughs> hey, uh, did you hear that autopilot doesn't work? Plot twist. Hey, 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 guess what? Mr. Wayne, that pilot, autopilot doesn't work. And in the very end, it's like, well, uh, uh, show me what I could have done differently here with the autopilot. And they're right. just like, it got fixed. By who? And he's like, oh, by Bruce Wayne, of course. They're like, oh, my God, <laughs> stop it. Just stop saying autopilot. Like, so dumb. I, I would have preferred they, if he would have like taken the bomb and ran through the streets like like in Batman like they, the movie. They, they like, spent a oh, lot man. of time showing you how it was going to end. Yeah, that was a lot of setup for one specific frame of the yeah. movie. And they kind of—it's not one frame. They kind of screw it up when he's pulling off in the in the in the bat. The bat, the bat, yeah, the bat. It's just a bat. When he's pulling off in the bat and he's got the bomb, people ask him, "What are you gonna do?" And he's like, "I don't know." And then, and then like, <laughs> like, "What do you think you're gonna do?" And they show all these shots of like him looking really anxious and looking at the timer and showing him tick all the way down. It's like none of this would happen. He was just gonna well, hit the. Uh, maybe he like, wasn't hundred percent sure on the autopilot. Maybe it was like a beta version of the software. They, they, like, they specifically show you fake emotions, have him not for no reason answer questions and cut away from what's actually going on in order to float this plot twist 10 seconds later. Because the right. only way to, else to harbor it is just to blow him up. Yeah. I did like their pretty like bad statue that they made of him at the end. Yeah, that was statue like, was awesome. I wanted it in my house. Yeah. Can I build it? <laughs> it was like, look Can at build it for me? Anybody I'm really there? hoping that statue's in Chicago and that, that makes us get the RoboCop statue. I know, RoboCop! That'd, <laughs> That'd be great. Steve, what about you? Problems with the movie? Same thing with like the whole how do you get back to Gotham? Okay, like it's just I that was instantly. I'm starting to notice those kinds of things in movies more and more now. Like especially after the Avengers, and right? The Avengers didn't really have such big ones, but it was oh, there, there were there were a few. There were jump like jumps in time that. But that movie was like up. campy to the point where like you yeah. could look past that. The Avengers have Shield. They yeah. have a catch-all answer. Yeah, yeah you like, could. You could. You, I mean, you, you well, could look past them. Dark Knight Rises has Batman. No, because a lot of follow one dude. A lot of the plot, especially when the Batman begins, it's figuring out how he can pull all this off. Yeah, yeah. there's no yeah. magic in this universe. Yeah, there's it's no, not like Harry Potter. It's like no magic. Panacea. There's no plot panacea. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you could look past them in Avengers, but with this, it's just like so. Even in how these three Chris Nolan movies are presented and like their whole ambience and whatever, it's super it's, dry. It's set up. Like it's, you need yeah. to know what's going yeah, on. Yeah, you at really all time. just need. Yeah. There needs to be a hard explanation for what happens because everything in the first movie there's an explanation for everything. Yeah, yeah. wasn't it already like a three-hour movie and we were complaining about length and now we want them to like explain everything? No, you detail? can cut out like no. a yeah, good can... chunk of it and explain it better. <laughs> what, do you, what do you cut out? You need to what do you cut point. out? Every point in. You cut out everything in the prison. The okay, well, the you, prison, the prison, his second and third jumps. I've timed it was like three minutes. It's still three minutes of boring. 
but it's three minutes. Three minutes is an eternity and if you're just showing the same stuff again. And it wasn't a blue. Honestly, like the other thing is like I really enjoyed Anne Hathaway's performance as Catwoman. I thought she totally killed it, but you could take that character out of the movie, nobody would have noticed. Yeah, no. No. They have him arbitrarily retire in order to wedge Catwoman in there so that they can have her get him back into the Batsuit. It could have all been done. You could have either gotten rid of either A, Catwoman, or B, John Blake, and it wouldn't have mattered at all. You like, could get rid of both of them and never have him retire, and he's just still Batman, and then Bane shows yeah, up. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> you can just have, you don't even need the dent act. I mean, you, you supposedly have to have, a, you can you can just have that cops are still, the cops in the city are still inspired, and for every other criminal, Batman's still arresting them. You can get rid of all that. Man, and you don't need Scarecrow the in the beginning of the, of the Dark Knight. You don't need Scarecrow no. to be in there at all. You don't. Like yeah, that was a cameo. Total I like but that. that's three seconds long. I just eliminated yeah. the first hour of Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As you could just cut out that. Plus, it's a it's yeah. like a it's an, an imperfect movie of its own. I, I if if I had a fantasy third ending, like if I could go back and be like, "Hey, Christopher Nolan, let's do this differently," I would have been like, "Let's roll with the idea that you created in the Dark Knight, where you make regular mobsters and you take them away, and you're going to replace them with psychos." Let's and, let's yeah. come back. Let's come back to that one. Let's come back to that because I got a little I got a little spot at the end here where we need to cover stuff what like that. What would you that. do? Yeah. Now, uh, for me, I've got a couple of glaring issues uh, with with the uh, with the movie. The, all the foreshadowing that they were doing it was a lot. Wasn't really worth it. A lot of it wasn't worth the payoff. That like you the got. one that. Uh, uh, Alfred says to him, he's like, if I look over there oh, yeah, and you're look, not there, yeah, like, exactly. well, that's just going to happen at the end of the movie. Right. Like, that, that was cheesy. It was silly. Whatever. I would have been fine with that one. Yeah. Talia, you too, know? though. Like, they but, keep shoehorning this woman into scenes. That's the issue. That's the glaring problem for me. Is, no, it's like, she's, she, okay, wait, she's not a love interest. She's not a supervillain. Like, you just go, well, obviously, she's some twist bad guy. But wasn't she a love interest? At one point, she yeah. tried to be. She I had, think I don't think she they totally boring. I mean, I think that it was just yeah. I think it was just hey, what are we going to do? We got she, nothing better to do. If you if you accept the fact that because Rachel died, Bruce Wayne went into remission, yeah. Then there's no chance for her to be written in as a love interest because he's like emotionally withdrawn. Yes, but whenever they reveal like whenever Alfred's like, "What if I told you that what happened in the end of Dark Knight <laughs> actually happened and I was just lying to you? What if I told you that I lied to you twice?" So, so the idea is that he doesn't have to be honest yeah, to her memory anymore. Now he doesn't he have to go, be like, oh, Rachel, I'll save myself forever. The now it, and then like the following scene, he's like, yeah, Miranda Tate, what's up? The problem, <laughs> no, the problem is they've already introduced another love interest. It's like, okay, I can go bang Catwoman now. Oh, no, wait, maybe I'm supposed to go bang Miranda. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> Catwoman was like choice number three, but she doesn't care. <laughs> All right, so Talia was a big deal. Here's my, my main issue with this is... In the comics that I've seen, everything that I've read, Bane is a monster. Yeah. I mean, he's a genius. He is, he's his own henchman and mastermind at the same time. Batman and Robin, no, don't, don't, (laughs) don't talk about it. Bane. (laughs) So. He's not a henchman. Well, he's his own henchman. Because most of the the problem we have with. Yeah. Yeah, the problem you have with most masterminds is that they're either too small or damaged or frail or something to do their own work. Therefore, they have to create a team or create a gang that like, that do, will do that for them do i have to do everything myself but like, but bane's like all right i guess i'll do this myself since you mr henchman couldn't do it right and 
you see that multiple times in the movie. Yeah, he shoots that he's dude. Just, he's like, or he grabs a guy and snaps his neck, or like, you know, that and follow him. Follow him, yeah. <laughs> right. So they spend a lot of time on screen painting Bane as this ultimate, ultimate badass. baddie that he should be. Super villain. Super villain. Yeah, exactly. And he said some really great things. He did some really outrageous things. There were a lot of crazy scenes where you're just like, oh my god, this dude, dude is... He's just like beating the hell out of Batman. Yeah, it's like this... so cool. Exactly. And then when one of the little tubes on his mask gets broken, broken off, <laughs> all of oh, a sudden, no. Talia shows up and Bane got turned into Master Blaster. <laughs> like, he's a child! <laughs> right, he's got the mind of a child! Yeah. All of a sudden, everything that they did, all the air that they blew into that Bane balloon, was just let out. And Batman was stopped by a, like a little knife you can get at Walmart. No. <laughs> right, so that was a huge issue for me. It was less of a plot twist and more of a, oh my god, no, you did not just do that to Bane. I was actually angry, not necess- not at Talia, which I think was the design of the movie, to the love interest scene and the, all the previous scenes where they shoehorned her in was to establish a connection with Talia as a good person and uh, a possible connection with your with your with your hero. Yeah, it was also just edited like weirdly like they didn't even give him like a fadeaway death. Yeah, it was, he was like, just like no, it's just he's lying on the ground yeah. there that entire time that yeah. they're talking and, and he, he just, just gets blasted. <laughs> like he's he's he gets kind of like half knocked knocked out by Batman, not even knocked out, just like tired. He, no, gets, he gets shot. He by gets the, winded. The bat pod. He, he yeah, did get but no, shot. he doesn't. They don't give him like, they don't like give him like this big scene where he's got like this final monologue or anything as he's dying or like a word to even. Yeah, he just like, gets to beaten. It. He yeah. just gets shot. He's like, oh, but before well, that, he says, uh, <laughs> "I like the line. I like the line enough." Whenever he says, "Like we both know you have to die, you'll just have to imagine the hellfire." Yeah, <laughs> that was cool. I, no, but like, yeah, like compare that to that scene right there, the scene where they're inside that building and like Catwoman rolls in to the scene where he's got Joker upside <laughs> yeah, down. Yeah, I was like, about to say, <laughs> I really like the part where he goes, "You've got, you got to have an ace in the hole." Yeah, but that wasn't him. That was the previous movie. Right, right. So, uh, them completely God. nerfing Bane really kind of irked me. And Best part of the movie got nerfed. All it did was make me angry about what they did to Bane instead of making me angry like, at Talia. Like, they should change yeah. this movie to Bat- Bane Begins. Like, the design was, we were, supposed to be, we were supposed to be angry at Talia for being who she was. I didn't care. I did yeah. not have any involvement, uh, any any in, emotional yeah. involvement with that character at all. If they would have tied her more closely into Liam Neeson's character, just kind of like, like yeah, like this possibly, is really is a tie-in to the first one. But. Possibly, but still then, I think you still have to paint Bane in a different color. I think you have to do it differently. If he's just going to be a henchman, you've got to paint him as the henchman. Yeah, I mean, I understand burn, you, burn. you want to have the, mm. the big twist. You want to have that. The problem was this movie was so chocked full of them, every single step of the way it was just packed with twists that they stopped becoming twists and they become the expected turn. 
So, okay, they did such a good job of building up Bane. They had him do everything smart. They had him execute an entire plan. He was even able to get uh, Selena Kyle to turn around with right. bats in her character. Then he manages to beat up Batman. He broke the bat, you know, classic storyline. How How is Talia even a threat? <laughs> right, right, no. Bat, they, 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 com- they completely, there's no way that the, that Talia was, had, could have any credit for beating up Batman because that was completely Bane. They were alone together in the room. Right. Like that's, they, they prove Bane to be the supervillain at that point. I'll give you that, yeah. And then we've skipped over this part, but in the course of less than five months, by being punched in the back by oh, yeah. not the doctor, the doctor oh, was God, the drunk guy in the other jail cell, <laughs> after being punched in the back. And, and, oh, man, the scenes where he's dangling from the rope when he fails the... Yeah. Somehow, Batman's spine heals and his knee, because apparently that suddenly became not a yeah, thing Yeah, he didn't anymore. have a super knee anymore. Yeah, he didn't have super knee anymore, but he's still walking around it. Anyway, I don't know. I have, friend, I have a friend with a spinal injury um, who has trouble walking. He walks with a, with a cane. He really wonders why Christian Bale's cane was three inches too short in the beginning and, <laughs> and wants me to punch him in the back to see if it'll cure his spine. But... <laughs> But so he comes back from that and suddenly beats up Bane, which if you if you take the idea that like it's the painkillers or whatever that let Bane defeat defeat him or whatever. Right. None of that has changed. And somehow Batman is suddenly stronger or more determined or he puts the fear in Bane or something. Right. Which is crazy because Bane's like plan is coming to fruition in front of him. It's like what changed? Why does Batman suddenly win? He doesn't outsmart him. It's the same reason Rocky wins. Oh, you've come to die with your city. It's heart. He doesn't out device him like he does Ra's al Ghul in the first one. He doesn't out uh, detective him like he does Joker in the second one. He just out beats him up it is, <laughs> it, it is the worst possible progression of this character yeah the, there totally should have been another way for ba- batman to beat bane and batman then all just of a sudden got nerd rage going. and then all of a sudden they <laughs> trade that villain who they just they, they who they built built up so perfectly they they beat him with the, the level four character just crit him in their first encounter <laughs> so he can't be the reoccurring villain he was ever going to be like he just crit 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 oh dead dead like <laughs> and then they and then they introduce you talia Who's someone who hasn't even been around enough to for, for you, you to, have, to feel betrayed? Yeah, you have, you have no, no investment in this character. You do not care one bit. No, not a bit. Obviously, and the only thing and she her does grandmaster is plan take away, is to drive a truck. Yeah, the, <laughs> the only the only thing she does is take away from Bane in several ways. The idea might have been that Batman could have could suddenly now beat Bane because he did what Bane did, which was uh, lose his fear and escape from the pit. But Bane wasn't the one; it was Talia that was the one. Right, Bane so, minimized. Check. None of this was Bane's idea. Right, check. Uh, all the all the many many long speeches Bane does. Oh yeah, not he, his idea. He didn't write not his plan on the plane. Check, his, check. The only thing he did was beat up Batman. And I don't know how you can take that away from him and still have him be lying there. Get, get beat Talia up no didn't take that away at that point. Floor. Batman took that away. Yeah. So they, yeah. They, oh no, yes, no, yes. No. I'm sorry. Yes, Christopher Batman Nolan took that away. Took that away. Uh, <laughs> well, oh. you know, I'm just saying. I, I think it was a really wasted opportunity here. I, I really know, think. And, that and this, again, this seems like the hate war, but we all like the movie. No, I, just, I love the movie. I yeah. really did. I thought it was a lot of fun. There were just some glaring issues for me. Yeah. And then uh, Talia just lay down and dies. She, she's right. not even. She doesn't even turn out to be bigger or badder than Bane. She's like, I died from a car wreck. Like, yeah, you're. Ugh. Yeah, it's, it's just like it's pretty frustrating. And, and a lot of the reason we are frustrated is because it's coming off, but is quite possibly the perfect movie. Like, well, it's the follow up to. Here's the thing. It depends on what you're looking for. Uh, the Dark Knight was not really even a Batman story. No, that that's was my only very little about Batman. I mean, it was a lot of reactionary scenes from Batman, 
But it was about the Joker and the state of the city. Gotham's the main character. Gotham is totally the main character in this movie. And we'll we'll touch base on that a little bit later. And in Batman Begins, Batman it's Batman's origin story, which and is it's not even Batman the main character. It's Bruce Wayne is the main character. But it's it was it was done beautifully. Yes, it was done beautifully. Yeah, it's there Bruce were, Wayne becoming Batman. Yeah. yeah, there were there were no real big. There were a few little plot holes. We don't need to go. That's an old one. We don't need to rehash those. But for the most part, it was really pretty good. The second movie. one was showcasing Gotham. They finally bring Bane back, or they finally bring uh, Batman back to be in the in the front seat of the movie again, and the whole movie is a sham. Everything you see in there is a sham. Every bit of it. From how much time did how much time did the scene take with Alfred when he was talking about the little villa in Italy? You know. That a sham completely it had no bearing on the movie whatsoever, other than to set up the end. It had nothing How to much, do with Batman. It had nothing to do with Bane. It had nothing to do with it had, Talia. It only had to Gotham. do with or uh, Alfred's relationship to Bruce Wayne, which is fine. I understand you need to put that to an end as well. You need to close that out. But Butler needs to learn his place. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I just I really felt like that all everything that we we've talked before about establishing truths. When you're playing your games with yeah. your characters. If I were a character in this game, if I were playing a character in this game, I would totally feel cheated and I would call the GM a munchkin. I, I really, really would. Just because of the way everything was portrayed. We established some truths about Gotham in the last movie. We established some truths about Batman in the first movie. We established some truths about the way uh, life works in the cycle that is Gotham City. And in this movie, we broke every one of them. Yeah. And we did it we broke so many of those truths that it was it was such a jarring it didn't even feel like a Gotham City Batman anymore. I don't think it felt like the other two movies. It either. did not. It that that movie did not have to take place in Gotham. It could have taken place in Japan. It could have taken place in Siberia it for all year. It actually can't take place in Gotham because of some of the stuff that happened. I'll I'll give you another example of a problem we haven't talked about yet. In the previous movie, the Joker proved the Joker tried to have the Two boats and one's going to blow up the other. Right. It's whichever one does it first, somebody's got to pick. Even the criminal won't blow up the other boat. Throws the trigger off the thing. The The whole argument was that the people in Gotham aren't that bad. And yet, in the next movie, Bane's got an entire army of hobos yeah. undermining <laughs> foundations and uh, undermining foundations and planting bombs and being henchmen. Like, that wouldn't happen. Right. The, 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 the reason I think a lot of people were touched so deeply by the Dark Knight was, number one, a beautiful performance by Heath Ledger. Oh, yeah. Okay? And I'm not saying this is the greatest Batman movie ever. I'm just saying his performance was amazing, and that was his movie. Because the Joker, for 90% of that movie, was Gotham. He was the chaos that is Gotham City. That was his embodiment. That's what he signified. That's what came off. This is how crazy he got in Batman's It wasn't gone. about the crazy stuff, stabbing the dude with the pencil in the eye and stuff like that. Those were I jarring mean, moments where your jaw dropped. But he said, that's how crazy Batman has made Gotham. But yeah. yes. Reinforcing that's, your point. Yes, that's how crazy Batman has made Gotham. Joker was the embodiment of the city. It's just, I just, oh, I love the feeling in the second one that it just gives you that, like, this is like this is actually Gotham City like this is like those comics that you've read brought to life and like here's this crazy son of a who's like just destroying everything like oh it's so good I love it I, I agree the the 
which is going to bring me to my to our to our next little topic here. Uh, we, we're going to have a couple of them. Okay, uh, the first one is how do you feel about settings, cities, an inn, an orphanage, an orphanage, you know, whatever it might be, as characters in your game. Have you ever had anything like that, where you've had a city that takes on a light that you can feel as if you're role-playing with the city and its denizens just as effectively as if you are role-playing with the GM sitting across the table from you? I think as a GM you can feel that, but yeah, it might be pretty, pretty hard, hard as, a, as a player, yeah. Now see, I, 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 kinda, I can see that, but let's say, let's say you're the player. Have you ever had that NPC that you wanted to go back to just because he was a cool character? I actually have uh, one I just thought of. Sure. One time I had a campaign, uh, and the idea of it was the players founded this town, and that town was a living, breathing town that they ran, and like problems would come to them, and they loved that place. You remember what it was called? I can't remember what it was Tombstone. Called. Was it? Yeah, you guys. Lo- I mean, that was so much fun, and like they they built the city. They you know drew out maps of how they wanted the things to look, and like see we, now they're, we they're, argued over architecture. Yeah. Now they're their buy-in on building the city that establishes one connection but i'm talking about where you walk into gotham and you feel like you're in gotham it just just the name gotham city inspires a feeling that all of a sudden your characters you as a person have a feeling that comes over you that you're in gothic architecture people who look down as they walk past you this is now a character because the the trappings of that city are just as effective at interacting with your characters there's as even, NPCs. There's even characters within that. Like I would say, Arkham Asylum, and that's right. like, oh man, like that's so cool. Right. Like, look at that. That's another, you know, GCPD headquarters. You imagine it. And Wayne Manor. You imagine it. Like, okay. Another example. Wonderland. Alice in Wonderland. I, I mean, that is a setting. You never read Lewis. You never watched a movie or anything. Mm-mm. Okay. Have you ever seen a Mad Hatter <coughs> in a Batman comic? Yeah. Okay. Wonderland. I'm I'm aware of Wonderland. I know what it is. I just <laughs> all right. Well, Wonderland is the kind of place where it's just the chaos and and the dreams that are coming through, and that's another place where if you if you adventured in that in that world, I guess you would call it, it would have its own feel and becomes a character in your game. Doctor Seuss, like Doctor Seuss. Yeah, 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 great, great example. Jurassic Park. Going inside the park. I could see Jurassic Park being like that. See, I Never got a, Neverland, but, but uh, only. Peter Pan. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, good one, good one. Uh, the I think the this concept hinges on the idea that you have some shorthand before you arrive at the table with this. Yeah, you have to have had some experience with this world or this place or this city, you know, before you arrive there. Otherwise, it's just going to be another thing. Although the the GM could reinforce that or build that. That's something yeah. that you as a GM could build that the specific intricacies of this city are seeping into your day-to-day life and you're noticing them every minute that you're in it. I don't know. Just a cool concept that I'd... I'd I, I like would to say that if you could even feel that real concept in real life where it's like, oh, I think I can be there by going to, like, a theme park that has, like... Oh, yeah. You know, like like he was saying, Dr. Seuss, and I said Jurassic Park, stuff like that, you know, Neverland. If you go to, like, Universal Studios or something like, you're something standing, like that, you're standing in that place, and you're just like, oh, my God. Like, if you've ever gotten the feeling of a place, you know what we're talking about. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Chicago is just Gotham City. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> See, but it's... 
But you need the bat signal or something. You well, know? it's not you dark know, you're enough. You're standing under the L, and it goes by, and you're like, I mean, I guess it really looks slightly like slightly outside of dar- downtown yeah. at night. Really, yeah. Yeah. yeah, really. Yeah, I can see that. <clears throat> uh, as far as this specific Batman movie, the closeout of this trilogy, we had the setup with the with Batman. We had the the setting piece that was the Dark Knight that showed us and gave us Gotham City, um, better than I've ever seen it. It's and another point when we're talking about Dark Knight, real quick. Another reason why it's so good is because it's the second one, and you have complete. In the first one, you do the job of, ex, of establishing. Oh yeah, you've, the story. you've got the walls that you're dealing with. Yeah, there. the third one is you got to finish it. The second one is go crazy. Yeah, go like, tell the it, story. Yeah, but I don't really feel like that. That was that's what happened. I really honestly feel like the first one was Batman. The second one was establishing Gotham City because the entire mood of that that movie. And the story that was being told was all being told from the point of view of Gotham. Yeah. That's I mean, that's what you were looking at. And the mood and everything, I think a thing we've a travesty we've all failed to mention is Hans Zimmer's score. That really puts you in. Oh yeah. That, that's, that's it's a, a fantastic score. Like that's that gives you that feeling like you're in it or whatever. Just, oh man, the very the, the opening very scene immersive of the Dark Knight in the second one with that discordant. That, oh, that one pull. line, yeah. Ugh. Fantastic. Puts me on edge every time. Okay. So if you were to close out this series, how would you have done it? I was explaining earlier how I would have done it. Is, yeah. Because uh, in the second one, it's kind of just... Okay, let, let's set the scene. You're the GM. You're running a Batman campaign. Okay, You're this doing is, Dark Knight Rises? You're, sure. Your version is, of Dark Knight Rises. This is, this, you've, you've done Batman Begins. You've done the Dark Knight. Now you're doing the Dark Knight Rises. What are you doing? Okay, first of all... The idea of the Joker puts into play of there are now the mob. Let, is let's not, say, for instance, you can't just put the Joker in to Arkham Asylum and let him escape for the third movie. Okay, okay, you no, still your hands are tied one, there, just you, like Nolan's were. No, he they weren't. You could have he could have done something. He could have mentioned, explained. Yeah, I would let, have liked him to at least idea, put a lantern on the thing because the idea of what Joker established in the Dark Knight uh, is really where what I would have focused on of the idea that there are psychos, murderers, psychopaths, rapists that like are just not your normal, hey, this is a mob boss with a gun who's trying to get your money by like extorting you. Like these dudes are the insane. City needs a better cl- class of criminal. And he's going to give it to you. Exactly. Yeah. Like I, and th- that is that idea I would have loved. the first my opening So you would have rewound the 8 years. You would have went back to what oh, the Joker yeah. started. You wouldn't have let 8 years pass. You could even let the people hunt Batman, but you could get Gotham City to the point where it's so bad and so full of these psycho- psychos and, and, you know, all this stuff that they have to have him come back just to stop these crazy people. The first scene I would do is would just be, I, I have to see Arkham Asylum. Right. You know, I would show, you know, uh, doc, uh, a completely sane Dr. Harleen Quinzel walking down a hallway so as in you doing- pass all of these, like, cells and you see like v freeze yeah, you know it, like it, you know, like it's but in doing like the that night stars starts where he's beating up on some random like yeah. like scarecrow but it's somebody new and and then he takes mm-hmm. him to arkham asylum and you get to see how many new supervillains there are like you know and, and right there you could but have in just doing done, like, that a, a white uh, you could just done a white hand of like like you know doing the red smile like on there they're like right oh there's the joker you know like at least mm-hmm. he's still like in the universe okay good eye now let me let me throw a wrench in your works. In doing that, you blow out of the water half of the point of the second movie. What? In that Batman sacrificed everything to 
elevate Harvey Dent's legacy. Okay, Harvey Dent's legacy lives. All the mob people are gone. That he succeeded at, we went out to do. But Joker created a new threat, a new idea of a better class of criminals, like he said. And this is something they could not foresee. This is something they could not handle. Yeah, I think you can continue okay. the line in the first that that starts at the very end of the first one of unintended consequences. Yeah. Okay. The, the, more, the more you clean it up, the crazier it gets. All right. Um, the, and the other thing I would, I would, like, if I had to suggest a certain villain, I would say I would, the natural idea for me, like Bane was awesome. Like, I don't want anything, but I think the Riddler would have been, been a really great choice because it could have been a psychological movie. Now, could you have, now how, what incarnation of the Riddler would have used for this? You can't go too crazy because he's not going to stand up to the Joker. You can't play it too straight edge, uh, because he won't go- be memorable. You'll be forgotten. Right. So, I mean, how do you, as a GM, portray the Riddler against the beautiful villain that you just had in your last five sessions of the Joker? I would have done... What's the difference with between your Riddler and the Joker? What's the calling card? What is I would it have done, hey, this guy's so smart, he's got to be sane. Or almost the genius who cracked character. Like, the, like, I'm so smart. Like, I figured everything out. Dude obviously knows Batman is Bruce Wayne. He, you know, taunts it in front of his face, all that, you know, anything like that. And every step of the way, Batman, like, you know, thinks he's going to figure it out. And then he, you're just, like, taken by this, like, complete and utter twist that's like, oh, wow. And then Batman's got to go somewhere else, you know, figure something else out. You know, it's, it's like, it goes, establishing Batman, establishing Gotham, establishing the criminals. So what you're doing is this trilogy is literally just a prequel to creating the super-villain-infested yeah. Gotham City. That's what that, it was in the first and second okay. movie. That's pretty cool. So now, now you've created a campaign in which you have built this city from the dark city that it was to the loony bin that it is now. Yes. And you have created a campaign where your players can adventure through this thing for quite some time Forever because you have infested it with supervillains and whatnot. Just like Gotham is in the comics. That are just okay to be there. They keep breaking out of of Arkham Asylum. When do, at what point do you stop it? I think you, you end with... I don't know where you end the campaign, but like the idea is that you can... But there's always going to be more supervillains, but there's also always going to be Batman. Maybe you introduce someone like Robin or Nightwing or something like that. Like he up, they up, you know, Riddler breaks out Scarecrow and they up the ante and like Batman's finally like, I got to bring it. you know, like this is the problem that I think a lot of campaigns reach is that it's, there's always a bigger bad. It's always, there's this guy. Oh, we beat him. Finally. Okay. Next. Uh, there's this guy. Okay. We got this guy. He's really big and mean. All right. Uh, come to find out he was the henchman of this guy. And then come to find out he was taking orders from this guy. And then you wind up with this, snowball of characters where this power creep between your villains and your characters that you almost can't stop. You have to retire the characters or set off a nuke yeah. to have end you, it. Have you seen the show Dragon Ball Z? That is yeah. what you just explained <laughs> exactly. in a nutshell. 100% all the way through. They have to go Super Saiyan. They have to beat them. They have to go Super Saiyan 2, 3, hey, 4. GT. It gets GT out of control. I think, you see, uh, I think you see that primarily in fantasy and superhero yeah. games. You, I mean, because the villains start so start much smaller and don't have the larger than life capabilities in, say, a modern game. Um, that that power scale tends to stay a little lower. But I mean, even there, it, just about anywhere, if you're building campaign ideas from 
uh, a limited source inside a vacuum, if your characters, because you're following a specific group of characters. Now, if you're spreading the characters around and you're going to you're playing this party one session and then in this party over here in another part of the city in one session, you can you can do something like that where you can have them actually fighting different villains that aren't affiliated. And yeah, I mean, it doesn't always have to be the the, the minion. Min, yeah, it doesn't have to be the minion of this guy who was the minion of this guy who was the minion of this sure. guy who was this guy's brother. I always thought a great idea would be like a. FX or like some HBO show or something like that, a Nolan Universe centric thing that's just about the police department. It's just like about the cops and just like what they got to deal with. GCPD so, adventures. Yeah, yeah. So what? Yeah, that, that's where I was going to go with it. What if you take the the basics that are st- established in Batman Begins and then in the Dark Knight, and the Dent Act goes through and you get the eight years. But what if Batman actually does just quit? What, I mean, what if he he's not needed and he walks away and he's actually not needed? Where do you go from there? I mean, what do you do in the, in the inverse of that? You bring Bane in because you need Batman to come back because you need a movie. <laughs> you go to Metropolis. I mean, what do you, okay. <laughs> you leave. You pack up and leave. But, I mean, what do you do there? Do you then go to the cop show that is the Gotham City Police Department and... You make it would have been know, more GCPD Law and Order. Man, dun, dun. Got, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Oh no, dude, I've got this vision of cops in my head, but it's GCPD <laughs> cops. It's like psychos, like, like oh, dude, that would be so cool. It's like the Mad Hatter running, up, jumping over fences. And oh, like... dude, new campaign, new campaign, guys, get ready. We're writing up characters as cops. That's oh, hilarious. Man, awesome. It's all the low-level B-listers yeah. from yeah. Batman. Yeah, it's like the Ca- quiz calendar man. Yeah, <laughs> you're a dude with a gun and some weird tats. Like, <laughs> Yeah, like Mr. Zed. I've seen that before. <laughs> That's hilarious. So, I mean, you can go that direction where you, it's the opposite. You you pull the power scale down to essentially start back over. You got to go big in the third movie. Yeah, throw, yeah. I, I'm, I'm not saying about a movie. Too. I'm done talking about the movie. Yeah. I'm now talking about running it as a campaign. Okay. Because if after the third movie, I mean, in the third movie, if this is actually your your campaign that you're running with your game group, you're going to be making new characters after this session. Gotham's been destroyed. The 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 integrity of the city and all of its officials have been destroyed. The integrity of the people yeah, who are now movie, murderous hobos has been destroyed. After this, Batman has been. I have to admit, yeah, like, he didn't fix anything. Yeah. Nothing got like, fixed. The only thing is, all those people are not dead. Then the I guess what the army comes in and starts. But they're not dead. Everybody go home. They're not dead because <laughs> like, of an invention that he created didn't go off. Yeah. It did go off. He just made it. He well, I'm just it. saying it, it. It he he created the thing that was going to kill it. The epilogue of the movie should have been like everyone moves out of Gotham. They're right. Just like, it, it should be a mass exodus. Like, it should be all of a sudden you're going from playing the the Marvel the uh, the Ma- mutants and masterminds. Batman saves Gotham from. From Bane game to f***ing Oregon Trail. <laughs> because now you've got a caravan of trucks and stuff moving out of the town. And you, you, you cut to an overhead view of the city and you just see like ants pouring out of an anthill. They're just moving along through the landscape. There should be like a city that's just like a villain's city or like an antagonist city. Like a ghost town that like everybody <laughs> left. <laughs> So it's just like I think bad Gotham's guys. Kind of that city. Yeah, I think that's yeah, kind of what you're yeah. dealing with. I think and that's Batman's just got to deal with Batman's all of it. Just the one guy who stayed in town. Like <laughs> Batman is still a bad fighting guy. for a city nobody lives yeah. or cares about. Anymore. Right, right, right. Like so, Metropolis is great. Like Superman's bad. Yeah, yeah nothing Metrop- happens it, it, in Metropolis. Is just they're 
Superman's just got to like do stuff. You know, one, one time Metropolis got taken over by Brainiac, and Brainiac made the whole city super high tech. And then Superman beat Brainiac, and then the city stayed super high tech. Yeah, I mean, like, even they just it just thanks. got better. Even thanks, when guys. you know, even when when stuff gets destroyed and blown up because Superman had to fight somebody that's like also super strong. It's like the next people, issue, <laughs> the no people don't care buildings. because like ah, oh, that's cool, man. We're in. Uh, that was Superman. How many At least times he was has here. The globe I, off the Daily I'm Planet? pretty like, sure Metropolis is actually just in canada that's why everybody's just so happy <laughs> everybody's just like yeah here's my concept here's my concept that i think would be really fun to play i don't know uh, a guy like me a gm <laughs> a, 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 a light gm a light system a light rule system maybe a fiasco maybe a leverage maybe uh, something along those lines maybe that, even savage worlds one question leverage is isn't there a show called leverage yeah, yeah. it's patterned after that yeah it, okay i it's, was just uh, checking it's a uh, essentially a bunch of Con men become good. Mod squad. Yeah. I was just, I was just wondering about that. Yeah. I saw it. So you take, you take a, a rules light system, something rules light or not necessarily combat oriented, and you guys are playing regular guys in Gotham City while all this stuff's going on, or in Metropolis while all this stuff's going on. So when, whenever you're you're going through your daily life and you have your double crosses with your cousin cheating with your wife or whatever, and uh, the little kid breaks your window, and you, you know these are the things that you're dealing with on such a small scale, but all of a sudden out of nowhere, you know, doomsday flies through your living room. <laughs> now what happens? You know, now what do you do? Bunch that, of losers. Show that's going to ruin your day. You know, that's going to really ruin your day. I recommend so, a graphic that seems novel like, series called The Boys. Seems like a really boring game. Dan. You think not, not uh, what the I'm saying you think you're saying it could be a really boring game, but what if your character is the reporter that's tracking the situation? Why don't you just be the cop and have a gun? Or what if your character is the cop that is trying to stop this because Superman's breaking stuff? Or maybe this is the last straw and you become the Punisher. Right. Okay. Or you're Something an like independent that. contractor. I'm not you saying gotta, like, you play this game. I'm not saying you play this game for decades. I'm it's saying this is the concept that you build your characters from in reacting to. Uh, what's going on around you, you have to act or you're going to be crushed under the weight of the super villains and superheroes that are around you. What do you it's, do? It's kind of playing a superhero, a superhero, a supervillain campaign like it's a Godzilla campaign where there, yeah, isn't kinda, really anything, yeah. where there isn't really anything you can do about the monsters. Not you necessarily, just like live in that world with those monsters. That's not necessarily true, though. I mean, even even the guys that started the Civil War event, they were some low-level B-villains. Uh, the Wrecking Crew? That- no, it was uh, Nitro is the one who blew up Stanford, and the guys who, like, caused there were, like, the young, just... Like, yeah, the, uh, the, not villains, the Avengers. heroes. Yeah, yeah. It was, like, new, mu- new mutants or something like something that. Something along yeah. those lines. But even those guys, that created something big. You know, maybe you can yeah, use a campaign... because they're expendable characters. They're like, we can kill these guys. <laughs> right. And then, like, Super- or then Iron Man's going to show up and be like, this was a travesty. You can you you use these characters in this game that you're you're playing for a couple of sessions, whatever, to either a establish a ground zero for the event that creates the characters of your next campaign, or b see where these guys develop into something that is reactionary to the like, superhero yeah, like event, the kid, like the kids who started Civil War. You're saying, yeah, because they, they did, that did happen. The kid who actually did it, Cannonball, became this thing called Penance. See, and he became a main character in the Thunderbolts, which is like basically villains trying to redeem themselves, stuff like that. Oh, so I mean, you, there's there's a lot of potential there's, for something. There like is that. something around, kind of like this, as a comic series, and I think it's called like uh, 
Danger Club or something like that? I have that? no idea. That's Where it. all the superheroes in this universe have to go off to outer space to fight some like ultimate power. So it just leaves a bunch of Goombas. And they die, and all their sidekicks and like the C-grade, C-list superheroes are the only ones left now. And they have to like band together and form one huge like super group. <laughs> but, I, yeah. I think it's a great idea, what you're mentioning, for like to further the agenda, I guess, of vested interests. Yeah. Because like... For instance, um, so you can say, hey, you're playing a, a, a post-apocalyptic campaign. Well, maybe set the ground for that with a campaign where you're playing, you know, up into the events of the apocalypse and how it happens. Right. So then when you actually get into that post-apocalyptic campaign, it's like, hey, our characters just died or, you know, they had grandkids now that we're playing. And right, like, right, right. So it sets a really strong foundation. Instead and now, of just saying, oh, yeah, the apocalypse It's happened. been an apocalypse, but you lived it in a different character's skin. Yeah, you know, so I, I mean, that's I, really cool. I really think that doing something along those lines can really help tie your characters to whatever it is, the event, the setting, whatever it is that coming back full circle to what I started talking about when we first started talking about our our little banter topic here, uh, helping establish the setting and the feel of a specific place works. I think it would work really well if you were playing characters when it became that thing, whatever it is, whether this orphanage is you know, supernaturally charged or this city becomes Gotham city. Cause it wasn't always Gotham city at some I mean, point. Yeah. It well, I mean, <laughs> but from its, from its inception, it wasn't something happened way back in the wild west days of Gotham city to where Jonah Hex was. In. Or, or, yeah, sure. Jonah Hex yeah, or East St. Louis. Something happened Louis way back then. St. Louis. <laughs> Actually, East St. Louis was one of the most booming places in the country. That's what I'm saying. And now, how did it become I, I don't want to. I don't want to get in there. Yeah, that's what I'm just saying. So anyway, I just. I, I, can I? Uh, can I do mine? Sure. After I saw the Dark Knight, I had a lot of ideas about where things were coming from and where things were going. Batman is about, or sorry, Batman Begins is about uh, Bruce Wayne discovering that he needs to become more than what he is in order to defend a city from more than what he, it even knows is bad. Like, it's, it's got its own darkness in, in, in the crime, and he's an answer to that, but he's also an answer to more than that in the face of uh, Ra's al Ghul and the League of Assassins and things like that. In the second movie, The, the Dark Knight, uh, well, sorry, Batman Begins ends with uh, the idea that of escalation. That, right. That him being a superhero brings about supervillains, and they introduce the Joker. Right. The second one has the Joker start an argument with Batman about the soul of the city while Batman has inspired Gotham's uh, white knight, uh, Harvey Dent in order to uh, try to save the city while Batman and the Joker are having their argument. Harvey Dent is cleaning up the mob bosses with Batman's help, but with the Joker's help, the mob bosses corrupt Harvey Dent. And it, it ends with that Batman has to become the dark knight. He has to be, seen as a villain in order to be a hero and why because he can take it you know listen to jim gordon's speech um at that point i think that you've gone through the villain who knew who you were and you've gone through the villain who knows who you are and i think you have to have the villains who are going to make you who you're going to be for the future i don't think i don't think you say you have to end the story but i think you end the story by saying and then it continues right They've already introduced that there's a an ongoing investigation into who Batman is in the second movie. Uh, it's that joke with like it could be Abraham Lincoln and or Elvis or Bigfoot have. or whatever. <laughs> we we have a uh, number of leads and no comment. Like, whatever whatever it is they say, but at the end of it, he's going to become Gotham's most wanted. Yeah, I think you bring you have somebody get assigned to that desk who's like from the FBI or whatever, and he's could been be the Riddler. Yeah, I'm I'm doing the Riddler. 
And like he's he's exactly what you said. He's the genius who gets cracked. He's 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 always been a little like socially unacceptable and stuff. That's why he gets assigned to this desk in Gotham that nobody thinks he gets all. But he sees it as a super challenge. Yeah, and, and he's just like, like puts every effort. He's into like it. I need to catch Batman. He doesn't give a crap about Harvey Dent. It's the challenge of trying to figure out who Batman is and catch him because nobody's tried. Joker didn't care who he was, and Razal Ghul already knew who he was. Yeah, um, Joker super didn't want to know who he was. I think. Yeah, but. Yeah, you have that guy be assigned to that desk, and he starts. He gets nowhere because Batman's good at this. But he starts realizing that Batman comes around when crimes are being committed or when people are in danger. So he starts, you know, Starting creating crimes. those scenarios. And he doesn't always want to hurt people because he doesn't want to get himself tracked. So he has to, like, he's setting up like surveillance cameras, and he's he's sending riddles to to a crime scene to, in order to string Batman along to try to see him more and try to get more opportunities to track him and all that sort of stuff. And he goes crazy doing it. And he crosses lines, you know, he, he commits crimes got, and he puts people in danger. And then he puts like two and two together and he realizes that Batman, the lie that Jim Gordon fabricates. And you can do the whole thing where Bane's like, you know, I found yeah. this letter, but like it could be like more than just like a 30 second speech or whatever. Yeah, and that can be the threat that he re- truly represents to Gotham yeah. rather than just to Batman. Because he starts as a villain who's just going after Batman, but he's able to rationalize out, yeah, the, the mystery. And uh, at the same time, you get to expand on the world's greatest detective part of Batman without having him have, you know, which doesn't really Uber technology, which yeah. they hadn't really put. They they kind of made him a detective in the second one. He's able to analyze the bullets and stuff like that. Yeah, but that's Uber technology, right? Again. They just yeah. keep fixing it with tech, which we'll talk about in the sci-fi episode. In the sci-fi episode, if you keep fixing your mysteries with tech, you're doing it wrong. So, in addition to doing that, I think you have to do one other villain, and this is how you get your ending. You do Oswald Cobblepot. You've just in the previous movie put all the mob bosses in jail or killed them. The, the the Joker took out all the ones that didn't get caught. And then you took out the Joker. So there's just this huge vacuum. It's not that they arrested everybody in organized crime. You don't do the Dent Act. You don't have anybody retiring. All They're all running crazy, which is why Batman's still running around, which is why the Riddler's still after him. And you and you, you have Oswald Cobblepot be the guy who's squeaky clean. Yeah, You can't catch him. He's running the Iceberg Lounge. He seems like he's got this legitimate business, but he's also a cutthroat guy yeah. who starts taking over all the organized crime. And, he's, and there's going to be one boss. There's not going to be Maroney and Falcone and however many yeah, other... The whatever, council. Whatever the Russian guy with the dogs was. Yeah, like, that are hungry. Yeah, it, it, it's going to be... Uh, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be one boss, and this is the super threat. This is Raz al Ghul coming back. This is yeah. the super criminal who's going to be in charge of the whole organization. He's going to take the whole thing down. You have him talk to Bruce Wayne somewhere along the line about like that he could even take try to take over Wayne Corps or whatever or something well yeah no you have Batman can't get close to to Cobblepot so Bruce Wayne has to try to do it so you see you, you see Batman putting on his disguise as Bruce Wayne to go try to yeah do it. totally I think this is a, I think that's the story you tell and, and that Batman has to take Cobblepot down so that no one can ever be the level of threat Raz al Ghul was Raz al Ghul almost in, in a lot of ways helped make Batman and Batman needs to Prove that he exists so that no one can ever be Raz al Ghul again. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that was awesome. If, if I had a... to do it as a campaign, I would have already fit in little side storylines like how Robin comes about. And I right. would have already had Jim Gordon be threatened and it galvanized his daughter into becoming Batgirl so that you can have a party of people. Right. And you can still tell all these same stories. Well, food for thought. Sounds pretty good. Sounds like a good close to me. Yeah, I thought about that one a lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and you work a lot of dynamics. All of a sudden, you've got the superhero out of the superhero costume. You've got him having to work with different restraints you've challenged your high level character into uh working a political machine rather than just punching things which is always a challenge to get to that level to be able to do that because eventually just punching things can't just work all the time yeah i mean i guess unless you're the hulk <laughs> but 
But that's yeah. a different idea. That's a different, the whole idea between whole different Nol- thing. The whole suck. idea between uh, taking of Nolan's universe is you take the Batman costume off of Batman, and it's still basically the same movie. Yeah. All right. Well, this was a lot of fun, guys. Yeah. I enjoyed this one. Um, that being said, I think we're going to close it out. Sounds good. Thanks for joining us. This has been the Carpe GM Gamecast. I'm Dan. I'm Steve. I'm Brian. I'm Tyler. And I'm Mac. And remember... Support the hobby. Support the industry. Support your local game store. And support Modifius Games. Oh, yeah. The Carpe GM Gamecast is presented under Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License Version 3.0. For further discussion on this topic or just about anything else, join our forum at carpegm.net slash forum. To contact us with questions, comments, and other feedback, please send your emails to dan at carpegm.net. We'd love to hear from you. You can also find us on Facebook at Facebook slash CarpeGM.net or follow us on Twitter at C-A-R-P-E underscore GM. Thanks for listening. Next time on the Carpe GM Gamecast. Hello. Playing solitaire. No, we're not recording. They're at group therapy tonight. Yeah, their head's been pretty screwed up since that LARP debacle.